We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Alrighty, continuing along in our exploration of Al-Fatiha, we've completed Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, finally. And so just to recap, uh, what looks like we're going through and just looking at the meaning of each ayahs, we're actually going through a journey through each word as though each word is a step on the path of learning the deen, right? So we started with the ba. The ba of Bismillah is about connection. And then first connection with Allah by the way of ism of Allah. And so connecting to Allah by the way of getting to know who is Allah by his names. And then the further names to get to know of Allah or the further attributes to get to know of Allah are Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. And so we're literally looking at each word as a step on the path, as opposed to here's the ayah, here's what it means, here's the ayah, here's what it means. And so naturally from there, we're going to go now to Alhamdulillah and Rabbil Alameen. And so again, first, we're just going to start with the meanings of everything. Let me share screen. And let's see right here. Okay, can someone nod? Let me know you can see my, my one note on screen. Okay, very good. All right. So, so in terms of Alhamdulillah, first basic vocabulary. We have Alhamdulillah and we have the Rabb of Al Alameen. Hamd is a combination of Thana and Shukr. Okay. So Thana and Shukr. And so Thana, just like in, in or what does Thana mean? Anybody know? failure. So thana is praise. And then shukr is gratitude. And, and then we'll get to Rabbil Alameen in, in just a second here. But uh, when do we praise something versus when do we express gratitude? How would you answer that question? So the gratitude part, I think, is easy. When do we express gratitude? But, uh, but anyone, and if no one talks, I'll have to call on people. When do we express praise? Not necessarily of Allah, but of anyone. When they do something that we like. or Yeah. Yeah, basically. And then when do we express gratitude? Is when they do something for us. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very subtle difference. Okay. Yeah. And so, so gratitude is when we are benefiting or we feel we are benefiting, even if it is uh, something happening for someone else. So for example, the most obvious gratitude would be something good happens to me. 
a secondary level of gratitude would be something good happens to my loved one, right? Somebody in my family. So right now, one of our, our, our Handan uh, just wore her white coat. And so we're all very happy and grateful, mashallah. Now, uh, it could be a third level is someone, something good happens to an acquaintance. What would be a way to be grateful, a genuine way to be grateful for something happening to a complete stranger where you feel alhamdulillah? What would be an example of something like that? It's a little more difficult. Imagine, yeah, Howard. Oh, I thought, Howard, you were about to say something. No. <laughs> okay, fine. So uh, I'm thinking, for example, uh, when we hear the story of a bunch of people trapped, like in a cave or in a well. And for example, there are those, those Chilean coal miners who are trapped uh, for, for a long period of time. And it was global news day after day, day after day. And then they were released. And, and all of us felt uh, a feeling of relief. That would be an example of something happening, a gratitude we would feel for someone who has no connection to us. Or uh, somewhere in the Southeast, uh, there were a bunch of soccer playing kids who were stuck in a cave and the water level was, was rising. And then people have to go in and, and rescue them uh, one by one. Or suppose you see a car accident and you want to make sure people are okay. And then you find out they're okay, even though you have no relationship with them whatsoever. So these are also different levels of gratitude. One, a level of gratitude where it's happening to you. Two, where it's happening to your loved one. Three, where it's happening to acquaintances. Fourth, where it's happening to strangers. And a deeper level of gratitude is if you are grateful for something that happens to an enemy. And, and think of an example. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure all of you are, are martial wonderful people. You have no enemies. A lot of people have made me their enemy. But the point is, uh, think of a case where you would be grateful for something happening to someone you absolutely dislike. Tough one. It can be usually if we dislike someone, it's because of their conduct. And let's say someone changes their conduct from bad conduct to good conduct. And that can be uh, a, a reason for, for gratitude. So levels of gratitude is something related to the self, the self's loved ones. The self's, meaning the self, sorry for the awkward language, acquaintances. The self's strangers. And the self's enemies or opposition, whatever word you want to use. Each level that you can increase from one to five 
is not just a higher level of gratitude, it is a higher level of Iman. So if I'm at zero, meaning I have no gratitude, then I'm at zero Iman. And if I am grateful <clears throat> for all the things, more and more for the things that happen to me in my life, then that is good Iman. And then if I'm grateful for all those things that happen to me, as well as those to my loved ones, that is even deeper Iman. Moving further and further and further. It's also possible that maybe I don't care very much about myself, but I care about my children. Uh, that is still, that still works. So for example, like a common parent that, okay, I don't care what happens to me as long as my kids are okay. Or I don't care what happens to me as long as my grandkids are okay. That is not a contradiction. That's also the nature of parents. But still, I have to be grateful for what happens to me as well. And so each of these levels is increasing Iman. And so a way to increase Iman then is to increase gratitude. And so a way to increase gratitude is to look for reasons to be grateful. For those things that happen to you especially, that list is infinity long, but so is each of the next four in the list. They're all infinity long. So did I give you the gratitude assignment last time? Have I given you the gratitude assignment? I feel like I did. <laughs> well, if I did or didn't, it looks like no one did it. Okay, so let me repeat the assignment in case, in case uh, uh, I did already give it to you. Okay, so homework assignment. And this I highly encourage you to do. Uh, this you will find transformative over the course of about nine months or so if you do it on a regular basis. So in a document or in a journal, notebook, whatever works for you. So if you do it on your, a document on your phone, fine. As long as you have a central place where you can go back to. Identify three things in your life that you should be grateful for. Anything, three things in your life. And for each one, yes, we did do this assignment because I remember Noura asking me last week. Okay, so I might've given you a different number last time other than three, but for each one, say Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And try to say it from deep down inside. 
And for each one, say the dua in Surah Al Ahqaf, Ayah 46. Surah 46, Ayah 15. So, yeah, so I did give you this assignment last time, just last week. Okay. Again, try to do it on a regular basis. You will find this to be transformative. And the key is you cannot repeat. So whatever you had listed for today, you can't ever list again. And, and do this on, on a regular basis. These are all assignments that I've done myself. This is an assignment I still do, modified version of this, but I still do this on a daily basis. Okay, so, so this is Hamd of, of Allah. And, and so the bigger question for all of you is why do we do Hamd of Allah? One level is because of all the wonderful things that Allah does. But the real question, question, why do we do hamd of Allah? Because he is Allah. That even if there was no creation, hamd would be due to Allah because he is Allah. Praise and gratitude are due to Allah just because he is Allah. I mean, this is a this is both a real point to reflect upon in terms of the greatness of Allah. The greatness of Allah is so great, even if there is nothing to compare it to, that the greatness of Allah is beyond measurement. And so the hamd of Allah is due to Allah, even if Allah did not do anything. This is also an academic theological point um, on a side. You don't need to remember this, but... Uh, for example, Allah is al-Khalik, he's a creator. Is he, is he the creator even if he didn't create anything? In the Sunni opinions, yes, he's a creator even if he didn't create anything. He is always al-Khalik. And so likewise, the hamd, and you don't need to remember any of that, the hamd of Allah is due to Allah, even if there is no creation, even if he did nothing. Just because he is Allah. And so in our case, where he's done infinity things, the hamd of Allah is due to Allah just because he is Allah. And then on top of that, the hamd of Allah is due to him for all the things that he's done, big and small. Okay, now, so, <clears throat> so we're going to put all these eyes together in a moment, but let's now get into Rabbil Alameen. So he's the Rabb of Al Alameen. Again, basic definitions here. So, Rab is commonly translated as Lord, which is which works, especially in common Arabic, but in Quranic context, it has a much deeper meaning. A Nurar Jannah, do you remember the meaning of Rab from all the classes we've done over the past? The long one? No. Nope. Okay, so so Rab, I'm gonna give you a full definition of the word Rab. He is the one who takes you from immaturity 
to maturity according to your unique design. That's the meaning of rub. The one who takes you from immaturity to maturity according to your unique design. Maturity. Okay. <clears throat> and so what can you infer from this, uh, from this definition? What meanings can we take from this? That Allah takes the entire universe, or if there's multiple universes, all of it from start to finish according to the design of each universe. And likewise, he does that for every galaxy from start to finish according to the design of each galaxy. And likewise, he does that for every solar system, and likewise for every planet, and likewise for every person. He takes every person, you and I, through each of our individual life cycles from start to finish. And then likewise for every molecule, and likewise for every atom, and likewise for every subatomic particle, and so forth and so on. And then what does that mean? It means that he has a completely unique relationship with me guiding me through my life that is unique from the relationship he has with you guiding you through your life. And all of us, I think we already know this, but in other traditions, you'd be surprised this is not a common belief. And so what we're saying here is that Allah guides me through every moment of my life which is continuing the theme we've been speaking about in terms of the connections that Allah has and the connections that we seek to have with Allah. That every moment of my life, Allah is putting something before me, whether it is an ease, whether it is a struggle, whether it is uh, a, a, um, giving me something to obey or making me make a difficult decision. Every moment that happens to my life is by design to guide me, by design to make me grow. And so, every moment is designed to make me grow. Primarily in guidance. And so when we spoke of Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, we said that there's five doorways. And so this is emphasizing every moment is designed by Allah to make me grow. In theory, in uh, or the actual purpose is to make me grow closer to Allah. Although I may seek to go in a different way. And so the... Uh, common translations I will use for Lord or for Rub will be something like nourisher. Lord works, especially because it includes a sentiment of authority, 
but it lacks the, the meaning of nourisher. But the full translation is the one who takes you from immaturity to the maturity according to your unique design. And then al-alameen. So the root word is alam, which is world. And so he is the Lord of all the worlds, but alam has the same root word as alama, knowledge. So one way this is understood historically is that Allah is the one who guides the nourisher, the, the, the Lord of all of the realms of knowledge. That's one way it's understood. Now, this is a very deep philosophical point. Okay, this is not just, okay, all the libraries. What we're basically saying is that if Allah knows you exist, then by definition you exist. Or in reverse, if you exist, then Allah knows you exist because Allah created you. And so when we're speaking of the realms of knowledge, we're speaking of the realms of knowledge of Allah. And commonly, it's the realm of Allah as well as the realm of angels, as well as the, the general realms of the unseen. which overlaps the first two, but is unique, the realms of the seen. So the unseen is ghaib, as well as that which is apparent. Okay. okay, this gets kind of philosophical. I just want you to think about all the different meanings of the realms of, 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 of all the worlds. When we think of it today, we think of all the planets and all the universes. So here's a question for all of you, and this you'll probably answer because everyone has an opinion on this. Do you think there is intelligent life elsewhere outside of the Earth, outside of the solar system? What do you think? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> right. Yes, I do believe that there is intelligent life, yes. Okay. All right. Does anyone not believe there's intelligent life on other planets? So I believe if there is, I mean, I think the Prophet Muhammad probably went there too. So okay. that's human form or. Okay. I don't know. So, Haver is so, uh, adding an asterisk. If there is, then the Prophet's been there. Okay. Peace be upon him. They call him Rahmatullah Alameen. This is the actual point that I'm leading to, right? That it, uh, here we're speaking of Allah as the Rabb of Al-Alameen. The Prophet, peace be upon him, has been made by Allah as the Rahma of Al-Alameen. So if there is life, intelligent life on other planets, the Prophet, peace be upon him, is a Rahma for them too. Yeah. Now we already know that the Prophet, peace be upon him, went on the night journey. 
And we also know that there's gins that are not limited by the physics of, of this world. So if there is life on, all, uh, on other planets elsewhere in the universe, then the prophet is a rahmah for them as well, which I think is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. So we're saying Allah is the rub of all the worlds. And then he made the prophet, peace be upon him, is literally the Rahmah of all the worlds. Now to make this even more interesting, and this we might have touched on before, if you were to take all of the Rahmah that Allah has put on your life, okay, which we're saying is infinity long, that list, and put them on one side of the scale and put the prophet, peace be upon him, as rahmah for you on the other side of the scale. Then I'm saying the prophet, peace be upon him, as rahmah for you and I is heavier than all the other rahmas Allah has put before me. Argue it, how? Anyone? Can you repeat that please? Okay, so imagine you were to uh, lay out all in front of you, all of the rahmah Allah has put in your life. Your parents, wealth, your kids, everything. Yeah, your sight. You know, food, clothing, everything. Everything throughout the whole history of your life. And you have a scale, right? And you put all of those things on one side. And I'm suggesting for your consideration that if you put the prophet, peace be upon him, as rahmah for you, on the other side, that... In terms of measuring Rahmah, the Prophet would actually be more. How? If, uh, if that is correct, how would that work? How could the Prophet be upon him be more Rahmah? Well, I feel like since the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to send us the message of Allah, then all of the things that he has given us, or like via Allah, is eternal and so it'll last in this world and the next, whereas all the things that we've received in this life will also end in this life, besides mm -hmm. like things like our Iman, which again, were also because of the prophet. So mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so effectively what we're saying, uh, Shadab, were you about to speak? Um, yeah, I mean, it was similar to what Samina just said. I mean, we know, we know everything through him, right? So we, the Quran came through him, the, the, the knowledge of, of how to be a Muslim came through him. So mm -hmm. yes, um, exactly. we would have nothing. Yeah. Yeah, or we'd recognize nothing. Yes, exactly. Right? And so all the rahmah that Allah has given me that's on the other side of the scale, I would potentially not have the sense to be grateful for it. If not of the hidayah, the guidance that Allah has sent through the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so thus, I can see everything on the heavy on the other side of the scale as rahmah because 
of what Allah sent to us through the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so thus we're saying, if we take it to its full conclusion, if you take all of the Rahmah in the universe, in all of creation, for everyone, and put that on one side of the scale, and put the Prophet, peace be upon him, on the other side of the scale. Uh, as Rahmah, the Prophet is more Rahmah. Especially the easiest way to understand it is because of the guidance that Allah has sent to us, is guiding us on how to appreciate what's on the other side. Now, the praise of this is actually not the praise of the Prophet, peace be upon him, it's the praise of Allah. Because he's the one who sent all of the mercies on both sides of the scale. But this is a point to consider in terms of appreciating what Allah Ta'ala has given us through the Prophet, peace be upon him. So thus, Allah has, is the Rabb of all the worlds. And then, according to Allah, the Prophet is the Rahmah of all the worlds. All right. Okay. Now, putting everything we've covered together so far, we said at the beginning of class that the approach we're taking here is not so much that I'm just saying, here's what the ayah means, here's what the ayah means, here's what the ayah means. That's part of what we're doing. But we're looking at each additional word so far as a step on the road to understanding how to appreciate Allah, how to get closer to Allah. And so we started with the ba, which led, which was about connection. And then the connection was to get closer to Allah. And how do we get closer to Allah? By way of his names. That's the primary connection that we seek. And then we spoke about the name Allah. And what does it mean to take something as an ilah? And then we said that the primary relationships that Allah has with creation are the relationships of mercy, of rahmah. And so putting all of this together, what are we saying effectively in the first, in Bismillah Rahman Rahim, that the goal is to have is to appreciate is to have a connection relationship with Allah driven by an appreciation of his rahmah. So if you were to take all the 99 or so attributes of Allah, ones we primarily focus on are rahmah, everything else fits within the rahmah. And if you can do that, then the natural consequence is alhamdulillah. The more you can appreciate the rahmah of Allah, the more you will have gratitude and praise of Allah. But then the reverse is also true. If you want to increase your relationship with Allah, increase your alhamdulillahs. So put it more and more on your tongue. Even if you don't mean it, it will have an impact on your tongue that you fill your tongue up with Alhamdulillah. And then you want to be able to expand that to 
like all of this under all of us understand this you want to be able to expand that to all the different realms through which to have hamd of Allah, which should eventually lead you to have appreciation for Allah just because he is Allah. But we spoke about the levels of gratitude that you have uh, gratitude for whatever Allah puts upon yourself and then on your loved ones, on those whom you know, on strangers. That's usually one, two, and three, especially one and two are usually easier. It's when you get to four and five that Yuman especially grows. But that is what we think of when we think of the Prophet, peace be upon him. All right, any questions, thoughts, reflections? That's basically it for today. Uh, we will continue with the second Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim and Maliki Yawm al-Din, inshallah, next time. Alrighty, and please, if you aren't doing the homework, do the homework. You'll find it to be of tremendous benefit. You'll also find it to be difficult uh, that uh, after the first uh, few days, it'll take you 60 seconds. And then after a few days, it'll still take you 60 seconds, but it's going to become much harder because you can't repeat things. And then when you start reaching into that moment where you can't repeat, when you feel difficulty because you can't repeat, then you've already discovered how limited your gratitude was. As we all say, yes, I'm grateful to Allah. Oh, alhamdulillah, I'm grateful. Yeah. And the quicker this assignment becomes more difficult, the more quick you will realize how limited your gratitude was. Alrighty, we'll stop here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma glory to you, O Allah, wa bihamdika, praise and gratitude to you. Nashadu illa ilaha illa anta, we bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka, we seek your forgiveness. Wa natubu ilayk, and we turn to you. All right, may Allah tell everybody you all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.